Lord, what a privilege it is to set this time aside to honor and magnify your name. We gather as your church today to study your life-changing word, and we ask that you would allow your word and your truth to bring change and transformation into the parts of our lives that need it the most. We pray that Christ's exalting truth would change us from the outside in as you, Holy Spirit, work on the inside to soften these hard hearts of ours. So, Lord, anoint these words today in the ears of those listening. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Frontline family, this morning we are going to carry on with our series on the book of Acts. As I've mentioned before, we're going to break away from the series from time to time, as we've done over the past while, but today we find ourselves in Acts chapter 4, part 2. I don't know about you, church, but going verse by verse in the way that we have has really broadened my knowledge. But more importantly, it has inspired me to live the true Christian life. In the book of Acts, we have the account of the early church how they preached the gospel, how they lived for Jesus despite the major, major persecution they were under, how they operated in signs and wonders, and how they were united in such purpose and such oneness. They weren't perfect by no means, but they would rather die than live outside of God's calling on their lives. And they had a boldness that turned the world upside down. Boldest, as we spoke about last time, is the Greek word parousia. And parousia is, is not a human quality, but a result of being filled with the Holy Spirit. In the season in which the church finds itself currently, we as Christians certainly need this boldness. We need this parousia to live as followers of Christ if we are to turn the world upside down in 2021 and beyond. In part one of Acts chapter four, we looked at how Peter and John were persecuted for doing something good. They were persecuted for healing a lame man. This is the starting point of persecution on the church of Jesus Christ and would in different shapes and forms and degrees continue to this day. And in the message this morning, I want us to focus on how to have boldness in 2021 and beyond, even when nothing seems to make sense. Because you see, church, just because we're facing something unprecedented like what we, we're all facing right now in the form of this pandemic, that doesn't mean that we can just, you know, park being a Christian for a while, right, and then just pick it up when everything blows over. In fact, we live in a season where Christians need to be bolder than ever before. Because more than ever before, there are more and more people losing their lives without first coming to know Jesus Christ. And I want to show you today, when we're talking about boldness, I want to show you that Acts chapter 4 is the perfect chapter to guide us on the type of boldness we ought to have. Because three times in three verses in this chapter, it mentions the word boldness. Let me show you. Verse 13 says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, 
and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they'd been with Jesus. Now go to verse 29. It says, Now Lord, look in their threats, and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. And verse 31 reads, And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Three times in this chapter, Dr. Luke uses the word boldness. One time it is associated with God the Son, the second time with God the Father, and the third time with God the Holy Spirit. Now church, what we're going to see today is that the basis of our boldness is linked to the Holy Trinity. And there are three things that I want to show you today, that if we focus on them, we will become bold Christians in 2021 and into the future. Are you ready to take some notes this morning? If you want to be a bold Christian in 2021 and into your future, number one, keep company with God the Son. We're going to talk in a moment of God the Father and God the Holy Spirit, but first of all, keep company with God the Son. In verse 13 it says, When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled. And they realized they'd been with Jesus. They were keeping company with the Son of God. And you see, church, you cannot be in the presence of Jesus and blend in with the rest of the crowd. You just cannot do that. You cannot be in the company of Jesus and be a fair-weather Christian. As much as these religious leaders, they, they, they hated Jesus, they couldn't deny the fact of the miracles that were taking place in his name and the effects that he had on everyone that kept company with him. They had been with Jesus. And church, I want to ask you this morning, if you meet up with friends, if you meet up with family or your neighbors, would they know that you've been with Jesus? Would they know that you are a Christ follower? Or let me put it this way. If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? There's a story about a young boy. He had this, this little dog. It was a bit of a pavement special. It was not the prettiest dog. But those are normally the most loyal dogs. But anyway, this little boy took his dog for a walk one day in one of the local parks, and, and he was walking in the park, and this man walked by, and he looked at this dog, and he said, Son, what type of dog is that? I've never quite seen a dog like yours. He didn't want to hurt the boy's feelings. And so the boy said to him, Sir, well, it's a police dog. The man looked at the dog and said, Son, that's not a police dog. I've seen police dogs before. That is not... A police dog, I, I hate to, to hurt your feelings. To which the young boy replied, well, sir, he's in the secret service. I think we have a lot of Christians today who are saved, who, who call themselves Christians, but they are in the secret service. They don't want to be seen in the office with a Bible on their desk. 
They don't want to be in restaurants seen buying their heads and thank you God for their food. They don't want to witness to the saving love of Jesus Christ when there's an opportunity because they're afraid that someone might dislike them or criticize them. Church, you cannot keep, you cannot keep company with, with Jesus and be in the secret service. And what you and I need to know today is that Jesus Christ is not up in heaven somewhere peering through the clouds. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. He also said that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. And just before Jesus departed physically from this world, just before he ascended into heaven, he said in Matthew chapter 28, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So church, what am I saying? I'm saying that Christ is here. And Christ is there with you. And that's the reason you ought to sing. That's the reason you ought to worship. That's the reason you ought to rejoice. He has not left us alone. He is with us here always. And you see, that's where the boldness comes from. That's where boldness comes. From knowing that the Lord Jesus Christ is with you. You know, in our society today, they are telling us that we can't take Jesus into our public schools or into other parts of society. But let me tell you something we can. Let me tell you how. If you've ever traveled overseas and you're landing in a certain country, you have to go through border control. And there's several things that they won't allow you to bring into that country when you go through. Things like fruit and, and meat, other kinds of food products, or even different types of plant life. And you have to declare these things before you land as well. Otherwise, you're going to get into trouble. And there's a story about a man who was arriving back in the United States of America. And he had some gourmet cheese that he had bought in Switzerland. And this inspector at border control said to him, Sir, I'm sorry, but you cannot take this cheese with you into this country. And the man said, I paid a lot of money for this cheese, I'm going to take it in. The inspector said, no, you can't bring it in. It may have bacteria or viruses that will pollute or infect our ecosystem. He said, I will bring it in. It is my cheese. No, you won't, sir. Not on my watch, said the inspector. He said, I will bring it in. And he walked back behind the line. He ate the cheese and then he walked right through the security monitors. He said, I'm going to repackage it. Pretty smart, right? And church, they may say that we can't take Jesus into the public schools or into other sectors of society, but church, He's in us. He is inside of us. There's no way that they can keep Jesus out as long as Christ is in us. Literally within us. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, 
they marveled and they realized they'd been with Jesus. That's the basis of boldness. You keep company with God the Son. And you see, church, Jesus didn't come to get you out of trouble when you're making a disturbance as a Christian. He came to get into trouble with you, and he will be with you till the end of the age. Now, here's the second basis of boldness. Not only should you keep company with God the Son, but number two, have confidence in God the Father. Now, remember in the earlier verses, they told him not to preach anymore in the name of Jesus. But now notice in Acts chapter 4 from verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own companions and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, and we're going to get to eavesdrop on, on the prayer. The, this is the recorded prayer. Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and sea and all that is in them, who by the mouth of your servant David have said, why did the nations rage and the people plot vain things? The kings of the earth took their stand and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. And listen to this church, to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. They prayed and said, God, just give us more power to do exactly what they said we should not do. They were not only keeping company with God the Son, they were having confidence in God the Father. You know, church, you have to get things into proper perspective. Because if you don't get things into proper perspective... The enemy is going to have you stunned. He's going to have you shaking and, and on the run. But when you get things into proper perspective, when you see God for who He really is, then you are standing on unshakable ground. We've all heard the saying that says, the man that can kneel before God can stand before anyone else. And a holy fear of God removes all other fears. They had confidence in God as the creator of all things. Look again in verse 24. Lord, you are God who made heaven and earth and the sea and all that is in them. And you see, they realized that this is the God who filled the oceans. This is the God who heaped up the mountains. This is the God who dotted the universe with stars, billions and billions and billions of them. And they're saying, God, you made it all. And so why should we tremble when you are our Father? Why should we be intimidated when a God who could do all these things is on our side? Church, what a mighty God we serve. 
You see, they had confidence in God as the creator of all things and as the controller of all things. You've got to get your perspective right. Look again at verse 27 and verse 28. For truly against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, will gather together to do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done, before the creation of the world. Church, do you think that Gethsemane and Calvary were a mistake? Do you think that things got out of hand and, and God's walking up and down in heaven saying, oh no, what are we going to do now? Do you think that the Holy Spirit called for an emergency meeting and said, look, look now what has happened. Look, they've crucified the Son of God. Church, not a blade of grass moves without His permission. To do whatever your hand and your purpose determined before to be done. Church, let me tell you something. God has never lost control and God never says, oops, I made a mistake. God is in control. And that should give you some courage this morning, friends. Even in the season we find ourselves in. We must take confidence today in the fact that He is the creator of all things. He is the controller of all things, which means that He is the conqueror of all things. I want you to build yourself up in that confidence today. God is still in control. In this passage of Scripture, in verse 26, Peter is quoting Psalm chapter 2. He says, The kings of the earth took their stand... And the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against His Christ. But church, did you know that Psalm chapter 2 goes on to say, Yet have I set my king upon the holy hill of Zion? Church, I've got some good news for you this morning. We win in the end. We win. Jesus Christ is going to be enthroned in Jerusalem. Sin can't win and faith cannot fail. Because even if our faith fails, God remains faithful. We know that things are not right in this world right now because the bride belongs with the groom. But we will be with him at the rapture. And you know, church, sometimes when you look at the ebb and flow of things, you could get the, the sense that everything is going wrong. You know, maybe God has failed. Maybe the Bible isn't true. No church. Sin can't win and faith cannot fail. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want you to consider something for a moment. What is your biggest concern right now? Just think about that. Have you got it in your mind? Your biggest concern? Now take that concern and double it. Make it twice as bad. Now double what you've doubled. And then times it by 10. And I want to ask you a question. Is that too big to God for Him to handle? Even though you've doubled it twice and you've times it by 10, is that too much for God to handle? Of course not. 
Church, what is the basis of your boldness? You must keep company with God the Son, and you must have confidence in God the Father. When Peter and John and the rest of the followers of Christ were threatened, they may have been terrified. But they took their eyes off man and they put their eyes on God. The Bible says that the fear of man brings a snare. In other words, church, take your eyes off your problem and put your eyes onto Almighty God, who is the creator of all things, who is the controller of all things, and who is the conqueror of all things. That's the basis of your boldness. And here's number three. If you want to be a bold Christian today, number one, keep company with God the Son. Number two, have confidence in God the Father. And number three, receive courage from the Holy Spirit. Receive courage from God the Holy Spirit. Let's begin reading again in verse 29. Now, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Church, boldness is found in the triune God. When we keep company with God the Son, when we have confidence in God the Father, then we receive courage from God the Holy Spirit. He will give us the courage that we need to live for Him. Now notice what the Apostle Peter says here in verse 29. He says, Lord, look on their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they must speak your word. The word servant here is the Greek word that means bond slave or bond servant. And let me ask you a question. Are you a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ? Because you see, church, boldness is not for rebels. Boldness is not for someone that's arrogant or brash. And you will never have boldness, true boldness, until you can say, Lord, grant to your bond servant, to your slave, boldness. If there's any unconfessed sin in your life, if there's any unsurrendered area in your life, you're not going to have boldness. Proverbs chapter 28 says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. I love that verse. You see, the wicked are always wondering if they'll be caught out. They're always watching their backs, not knowing if their wicked ways will catch up with him. But when you can wake up and say, there's nothing between me and my Savior. Lord, I'm your servant. Lord, I am your slave. Then you can confidently say that Jesus is with me. God the Father is above me. And Holy Spirit of God, you are within me. Grant us boldness to declare your word. You see, that's what they were praying for. They wanted courage to express God's word. These apostles didn't ask for safety. They asked 
for courage. They ask for the ability to do more of what got them into trouble in the first place. They wanted courage to express God's word, and they wanted courage to extend God's hand. Lord, give us courage by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. In verse 30, the word by actually means through. Through Jesus. Because you see, Christ is doing it through us. It's all through Jesus and it's all because of Jesus. In other words, church, anything that you're doing that can be explained apart from Jesus is not worth doing and is not worth anything. These Christ followers wanted courage to express God's word. They wanted courage to extend God's hand and they wanted courage to exalt God's Son. And church, when we keep company with God the Son, when we have confidence in God the Father, then we receive this type of courage from God the Holy Spirit. The courage to express God's Word, to extend God's hand in the world around us, and to exalt God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, in everything we do. And as I bring the message to a close this morning, church, I want to leave you with a challenge. And it's not an unfamiliar challenge. I'm calling on everyone listening to the message this morning to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to as many people that you know that you know that they don't know about Jesus. Because church, we want to make certain that these people understand who Jesus Christ is and how they get to heaven. And the truth is they will not all believe, but some will. And those some, we're going to share the Lord Jesus Christ with them, and they will come to know Jesus Christ in this world before it's too late. If we would just stop being Christians who are in the secret service, if we would keep company with God the Son, if we would have confidence in God the Father, and if we would receive courage from God the Holy Spirit, we will speak the Word of God with great boldness. And we will not be tossed to and fro uh, by the, the storms that are raging about us. I want to say, brothers and sisters in Christ, it is time in this church and in this day and age that we get out of the boat with both feet and go after God. Church, are you with me? Are you ready to be a bold Christian? Remember when I say bold, I'm not talking about arrogance. I'm not talking about brashness. I'm talking about the courage to express God's word, to extend God's hand, and to exalt God's Son. And let us get to that place when, when someone says to us, don't mention the name of Jesus in my company. Or don't speak in His name any longer. Or do, you know what? Don't pray in His name. And you, Christian, just retreat until this pandemic is over. That we would say, we cannot but pray in His name. We cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And we trust in an almighty God that is much bigger than what we are facing right now. And friends, 
This is what will happen in your lives when you keep company with God the Son. When you have confidence in God the Father and receive courage from God the Holy Spirit. This is the perspective that will drive us forward even if everything else is telling you to retreat. Church, we serve an almighty God and He is still in control. I want you to believe that this morning. And I want you to know today that you're not alone. He is with you. Church, as we close right now, I again just want you to know that you are not facing your battles and your storms alone. God is with you. Deuteronomy chapter 31 says, Be strong and of good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid. For the Lord your God, He is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you, nor forsake you. Wherever you are today, would you just stand with us and, and sing these words of your life? We're going to conclude in a song this morning that says, I am not alone. And I want you to declare these words of your situation, of your battle, of your storms today. And have the confidence that morning, this morning that the Lord your God is with you. God bless you, church.